Hello, this is Paige Gravely, President of Mission Energy, and welcome to our first podcast of 2021. This podcast serves to assist and inform nonprofit organizations interested in advancing their use of solar power as a clean energy source of electricity for their real estate, as well as energy efficiency measures to further save energy and reduce both cost and their carbon footprint. Our goal in today's podcast is to educate the nonprofit organization on the primary variables specific to your property that impact whether or not solar and energy efficiency may actually improve your bottom line while contributing to your carbon footprint reduction. Not all solar projects are created equal. My guest today is Robert Quist, my colleague here at Mission Energy, serving as Chief Investment Officer. Thank you. Happy to be here. The first exercise we conduct for every nonprofit is a feasibility study. Robert leads this effort for our team. So Robert, share with the audience the objective behind a feasibility study and why we provide this analysis right up front. So it's important to remember behind all of this, we do this development for a number of reasons, including reducing carbon footprint, increasing sustainability. An important goal is to cut their operating costs by reducing their cost of electricity, by reducing their electric bill with their utility. So in effect, we look to how much they're paying now, how much they've paid historically for the electricity that they use. And we, and it doesn't always work out this way, but we endeavor to create a structure where that expenditure will reduce once the project is placed in service. Right. So for any organization looking at solar and energy efficiency, location really does matter, doesn't it? Let's start with why the state they're in and even the utility that serves them within that state makes a big difference. Sure. It's important to understand that when you are doing a project like a solar project, you are interfacing directly with your electricity provider. It's in, the, in the industry, we call it interconnection. And so the utility and the state electrical regulator, whoever that may be, they dictate the, the terms and conditions of that permission for interconnection. In, in some states, um, it's, it, it, it's pretty friendly to a solar project. The, the best kind of net metering um, is, is trued up on an annual basis. So you carry those credits forward. For example, um, allowing you to build up a bank of credits during the summer and, and pull those down during the winter when you have less sunshine. Other states will do that true up monthly, which is less friendly to solar. Some states will even do it daily or instantaneously, which is not terribly friendly at all to solar. Typically, when that true up happens, it gets bought and sold at the utility's avoided cost of generation. And, and what that means is if you have a retail rate of a dime, the avoided cost of generation might be a nickel. And if you are selling those excess credits, you would much prefer to keep them as energy that is worth 10 cents to you and not have to sell it uh, back to the utility at five cents. So aside from kind of the state and regulatory environment, one of the other variables that's very important is what the bill data tells us. How are the bills used to help determine the opportunity to gain lower costs from the use of solar? So we like to look back 
at 12 months of historical data because solar itself is very seasonal. Um, you get more sunshine in the summer and less sunshine in the winter. Usage um, on, on a facility can also be very seasonal. Uh, it may, maybe there's more air conditioning needs in the summer. Um, if they have electrical heat, maybe there's more heat needs in the winter. And, and so we, we like to get a, a full year snapshot so that we can compare how and when they use energy during the year with how and when the solar energy will be uh, generated by the PV facility. Yeah, so one of the very important components about feasibility is, of course, to take a, a very holistic view of this. So it can be complicated. There are a lot of impacts to whether or not solar works. And that's why we also look at LED lighting, energy efficiency versus the cost of energy. Why does LED lighting and solar play well together? So unlike solar, LED lighting and other sorts of efficiency measures actually do address both sides, demand and energy on an electric bill. If you think about the old incandescent light bulb, 100 watt incandescent light bulb, you can, you can replace that with an LED lamp that maybe only uses 20 watts. You know, if you think about 10 of those incandescent light bulbs at 100 watts a piece, that, that is a kilowatt. And if, you, if you're burning those incandescent light bulbs for an hour, 10 of them, then you have used a kilowatt hour. But if you swap all that out, those, those 10 light bulbs with 10 LEDs at 20 watts, then your demand is only 200 watts, not a kilowatt. And it would take you five hours to, to, to use a kilowatt hour by burning those 10 LEDs. So it, it really boosts the efficiency of how you're using your electricity. It reduces how much energy, how much, how many kilowatt hours you need, and it also, because those lights typically are are burning when your facility is running, when there are people in there doing things, it's a good bet that that efficiency retrofit is going to reduce your demand as well. So one of the other impacts we've seen in some states, such as Virginia, Robert, is the ability to change the rate tariff structure altogether. In short, how does that work? Well, there are a handful of regulatory environments around the country where, where that can happen. And when you put solar on a facility in you know, a place that has that sort of friendly tariff book, you can change tariffs. You can change rate categories into a different category that, that has maybe higher cost of energy, higher charges per kilowatt hour, but a lower demand charge, lower cost per kilowatt. That sort of change works really well with a solar facility because you're producing your own energy on site. You're less concerned about the, the price of the utility energy going up and you get to enjoy the benefits of the price of the utility demand going down. And then lastly, one of the other variables that we've seen really impacts is scale, especially when we are seeking third-party investor capital. Investors are looking to place as much potential capital as possible. What are some of the other benefits if there is a nonprofit that has multiple buildings, whether it be on campus or across state? So when we, when we put these projects together, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of engineering and design considerations. There's a lot of site-specific considerations and credit considerations. All of that needs to be looked at very carefully by the investor who's going to be writing a check for the system. 
that all takes time. And as the old saying goes, it costs just as much to put together a $100,000 project as it does a million dollar or a $5 million project. So those fixed costs are easier to cover by the project when you get to spread them out over more watts, over a bigger project. That would also apply to the contractors. There are also economies of scale there, correct? If, if they're pricing across a larger supply of panels and labor, typically those per watt pricing can come down as well. Yeah, that's really true. We also talk about rolling trucks. To, to roll a truck is going to cost you the same amount, whether you're working on a 100 kilowatt project or a 500 kilowatt project. You may need more trucks with a 500 kilowatt project, but you get the idea. There, there are some economies of scale, both in terms of labor and design and engineering, as well as in the procurement of the equipment. If you're buying more equipment, you get better terms from the equipment vendor. Great. Well, that concludes today's Mission Energy podcast. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you to my guest and fellow colleague, Robert Quist. We hope you found this most informative. And as always, we stand ready to serve you as needed. Thank you and have a good day.